Alright, so this is a no education podcast. Alright, we are back with another episode for you today. Friday, September the 8th. And I hope everybody is doing alright. Ending their work week strong. And if you work the weekends, man, God bless you. You know what I'm saying? This weekend should be a fun one. Tomorrow we got course college football all damn day. We got SC versus Stanford, I believe, at the Coliseum. So that's going to be good. I don't remember really a time where SC started three games at home. That's good. That's good. I think that's dope. And we'll be prepared to go on the road the next few weeks, I believe. I'm pretty sure. But going to be looking forward to that game. Also, everybody looking forward to that Nebraska-Colorado game. Trying to see if Colorado is real. The last time I checked, it was yesterday, I believe. Nebraska was favorited. Now, if I was a uh, a real betting man like that or setting lines and shit like that, I would say that that line will probably switch come Saturday morning. You know, people are believing in that shit. You know, that was crazy. And uh, yeah, there's going to be the test. It will be a good a good test for Colorado against Nebraska, just like SE will be a good test with Stanford. You know what I mean? That makes sense. Makes kind of sense. But yeah, that line's going to change, bro. And uh, yeah, I'm probably I'm probably taking Colorado in that game, too. I want them undefeated when we play. I don't want them with the out. I want them undefeated. So pretty interesting about that. And finally, we have Sunday, bro. The full slate of NFL games week one. Finally, it is here, bro. You know what the fuck I'm saying? That's right. We made it a full season, full off season. We survived. And it's uh, it's finally here. You know what I'm saying? I personally, how do you guys watch Sunday football? I personally watch the red zone. I think it's the best way to watch football. But I understand, you know, there, there's there's fans out there who like to just digest games, you know, flip through the channels, whatever. I think Red Zone is the shit. Partially, probably because it's my fantasy squads. I got a bunch of fantasy squads or I'm playing DFS or I got a parlay going on. Something is always has me watching other games. So Red Zone with Scott Hansen, bro. Cannot wait for that shit to happen, bro. That's, uh, that's, it's it's going to be dope. My girl, personally, she don't like to watch Red Zone. She needs too much. She likes to digest the game. And I, I, I get that too, but it's just, uh, you know, you, you got you to gotta, you gotta be keeping up, bro. You got to be keeping up with that red zone. All my fantasy players, managers, they know. They, they know what's up, bro. <laughs> red, zone, red zone is really, really actually the best. But we officially kicked off the season. Sorry about the noise in the background. We officially kicked off the season with uh, the Lions beating the Chiefs last night. In Arrowhead Stadium, bro, Lions defeated Chiefs 21-20. to Pretty sure y'all saw, y'all, uh, you know, all the the upsets, alerts, all that shit, bullshit is going on. And I'm going to be real, and I got proof, I took the Lions to win. And I took the Lions even a little bit before Travis Kelsey got his injury. You know what I'm saying? I was, you know, I, was, I didn't turn in my, my, uh, my pick'em slip yet, though. I turned in my pick'em slip late as fuck. That, th- there's the key, bro. If you're in a work pool... Don't turn in your slip right away, bro, because things can happen from when you get that slip to game time. So turn it in on the last possible point. I, I promise, bro, it'll work out. Uh, but I, I had the Lions winning because I thought that they were going to be passing all over this Chiefs defense because Chris Jones is out and he's probably going to be out for a while. But after this game, they're probably going to be like, hey, yo, let's just pay this man what the fuck he, he wants, bro, which they probably should have done at the beginning. So there was going to be no heavy pass rush on Jared Goff. 
And I thought Amon Ra was going to go off, and he did, bro. If you're a fucking Amon Ra St. Brown manager, fan, or whatever, we, we winning, bro. We winning. And the more and more this offense gets going down the season, Amon Ra St. Brown could be like the – he could have that Cooper Cup year, bro. I'm talking about that big fucking year because he's the only, like, real – He's the one there, and he's the one that can make a lot of things happen. I know golf, he loves his other receivers, but he's he's the dude, bro, and it's going to be a special season for him. The score doesn't really tell the story. I guess we can really talk about what the story of the game was, and it was a lot of m- drops by Walt Kadarius Tony. Let's just let's just call it let's call a spade a spade, bro. Kadarius Tony dropped the ball so many times, and I know there's a lot of people who started him in fantasy football too. That must have sucked. That must have sucked. And I was on the other side, bro. I started Almond Raw. <laughs> I started Almond Raw at Montgomery and other leagues, but that's all I had playing on Thursday nights. And dude. The thing about Kadarius Tony for the past, I believe, was four seasons, three seasons. Uh, he's always had this, this, this. Uh, I, I want to say like spookiness around him because of the injury bugs. But one thing was clear, even though, even when we saw it last year in the Super Bowl, uh, he was electric. He can make plays, and he's a weapon on the field. Now him with Rushy Rice, uh, homeboy number twenty four. I forget his name. The 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 second year player. Uh, I forget his name. Forgive me. And uh, Travis Kelsey, that makes for a lot of playmakers. MVS, those make for a lot of playmakers. And he finally has the time to shine. He finally has the spotlight. He's, I guess, the, I guess MVS, but he's probably one of the more veteran wide receivers in that room. Maybe Watson. I'm not too sure, but he was going to be dependent upon a lot. And I didn't see any social media shit that everyone's been talking about beforehand, but. He, he he can't drop those. And it looked like just like jitters. It looked like he wasn't comfortable. And who knows what it could be. It could be like lingering from the injury because you know he's always injury prone. I don't know. But that was a big, big out. And I think that was a story of the night. Patrick Mahomes looked good even without Travis Kelsey. Yes, as you know that Travis Kelsey is, is one of the best, if not the greatest tight end of all time. Let's be real. And that offense does revolve around him. But like Voldemort said, Mahomes is extraordinary. He didn't say that. He goes, I am extraordinary. Mahomes is extraordinary, but he does need his ace right next to him, you know? So that was a horrible analogy. I just watched uh, uh, the Harry Potter, the last Harry Potter movie a couple nights ago. My bad, bro. But yeah, so nothing showed me that Mahomes is slowing down. Am I worried? No, because now I think that the Chiefs will sign Chris Jones. Kelsey will be back, and that offense will be clicking. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco did look really good as a starting running back, so I think that he's going to be going down as the starter. Uh, McKinnon, I I would like to have seen them get McKinnon more involved, but it seemed like Mahomes was just doing his best to say, all right, this is is tryouts right here. If we can go out and win, and I'm going to fucking sling the ball to whoever's open. It's not even one person, to whoever's open. This is trials for Mahomes, and uh, now he's going to go back and be like, hey. Unfortunately, Kadarius Tony will probably be, he'll, I don't think he'll be dropped by the um, by the Chiefs. He's too badass of a weapon, but if they're, if they're a badass organization and they want to make a statement, hey, they, they, <laughs> they, could, they could drop him, bro. But it is what it is. 
Uh, so excited to see about that. Also, the Lions' uh, rush defense. Uh, Hayden Hutchinson is the fucking man, bro. He is the man, but uh, taints, taints. <laughs> but Tennessee Titans versus the New Orleans Saints in the Caesars Dome, Caesars Superdome. The line is three points. The over under is is New Orleans by three points. The over under is forty one point five. I'm have to be going with New Orleans there. I think the key to win. That game is to try and bottle up Derrick Henry as much as you can. Because the key for Tennessee to win is to make it like a slow and gritty game. You know, they're going to keep the offense off the fucking field. The Saints offense off the field as much as possible. So, uh, but I do like the Saints. I think their defense is a badass run defense. Last year, even though the score, their record wasn't great. And this is coming from an analyst, not, not a friend. The Saints defense was always in games. The offense just couldn't score. And I think that the Saints defense, when healthy, is a top six, top eight defense. And they'll probably prove it right here. I would start DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not afraid of that. Tannehill is a decent quarterback. And he has he has sustained a wide receiver one and A.J. Brown at times. And a couple of other fucking uh, receivers, which I can't remember the name off the top. But... DeAndre Hopkins, you're starting him. Don't get cute. Uh, and that's about it. I want to start Chigo maybe in a big uh, DFS play. I might because he's so athletic, but that's it. On the Saints side, you're pretty much starting everybody except for Kadarius Tony, maybe even Derek Carr, but you're starting everybody. Olave, Thomas, uh, Johnson, uh, Williams. Uh, you, you know, I don't know if you want to get that car, but you can get that car if... if uh, you're in a deep league or you're playing some DFS. That'll be good, cool too. Uh, Carolina Panthers versus the Atlanta Falcons. We have the Panthers with the rookie quarterback in Bryce Young. The line is Atlanta by 3.5. The over-under is 40. So a low scoring game, just like the other one. I'll take the Falcons in this game. I think the Panthers, there's some news that uh, DJ Chark is out this game. There's not going to be... Well, it's not going to be no fireworks on that offense. I think the only person I'm starting for fantasy on that offense is Miles Sanders. And in a deep league, Jonathan Mingle, bro. If you if you haven't already picked him up in your league right now, I would go pick him up. He's a beast, and he's looking, after Adam Thielen, he's looking like to be the wide receiver one. He's a beast. And if I'm a young quarterback, besides handing it off and throwing it to my running back, who I'm starting, Miles Sanders, I'll throw it to the biggest motherfucker on the field, and Jonathan Mingo is a big motherfucker. So, uh, but the Falcons, I think they just have too much, too much weapons on that offense and defensive side for Carolina right now. You know, of course, B. John Robinson, we're all excited to see how he's doing, but don't be surprised if he is on a uh, I don't want to say snap count, but on a shared time with Tyler Algier. If you guys want to remember Tyler Algier, he was the running back who ended up being a really good asset for the Falcons late last season. So, uh, you know, first game for a rookie is always hard to call, but pretty confident in saying that I think Bijan Robinson will have a, a good fantasy outing. You know what I mean? And Algier, Algier might just get some of the red zone, late red zone, uh, looks, you know what I'm saying? If you want to start him in a DFS, you're starting Drake London. He's a wide receiver one. If you drafted Kyle Pitts, you're probably have to start him. There's probably no one else. And that upside is there always with Kyle Pitts. Um, I know it'll hurt. <laughs> it'll hurt because of how he's done fantasy managers in the past. 
But I think Kyle Pitts is a good start, and I'm taking the Falcons to win, like I said. Next, next we got the Cincinnati Bengals entering Cleveland Browns Stadium to face the Cleveland Browns. The line is Cincinnati by two points, and the over-under is 47.5. I'm pretty down to take that over, Doug. I'm pretty down to take that over. On the offensive side for the Bengals, you're starting everybody, everybody, from Joe Burrow to Chase to Higgins to Mixon to Irv Smith to maybe even Tyler Boyd, bro. I think this team is on a fucking mission, and they just seem like the dogs in that division right now. Whereas on the NFC side, the dogs are probably the the Eagles, and the Bengals are probably the dogs on the AFC side. Now that Mahomes went down game one, yeah, bro. I think Cincinnati are those. They, they might be changing my Super Bowl outlook. Like, real shit. On the Brown side, I'm comfortable starting Watson. You know, why not? I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt as a football player. People are not drafting Deshaun Watson because of the outside shit. And whatever. That, if that's, that's how you... But whatever. That's you do whatever it is that you want to do. But if you did draft him, and if you weren't afraid of how he looked last season then I think it is a good start because of how late you got him in the draft. And if he pans out to be anything like he used to be, that's great value right there. You know, I remember like quarterbacks going around him was probably like Daniel Jones, uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, who else? But he was lower than, than Trevor Lawrence. I'll tell you that. He was lower than Justin Fields. I'll tell you that. And uh, he's been in the league longer. And last season, he didn't look good. New offense, didn't even train. Uh, with the team beforehand, uh, took a whole year off of football because of some bullshit. So who knows? Maybe a whole full off season, and he looked good during preseason. So Deshaun Watson is a good start. I will be starting Amari Amari Cooper and in deep leagues probably Elijah Moore. Don't forget, bro, Elijah Moore with the Jets. That the end of his rookie season, he was pretty good. He was pretty good, and the only reason why. He's not with the Jets right now. It's because they're bullshit together. They kind of just it was it was weird. It was it was it was weird, stupid, but a young receiver, he's electrifying, doesn't really have too much injury history. Who knows, bro? Who knows? Maybe he found a home right there. So Nick Chubb, of course, he's starting him. But I'm gonna take the Bengals and I'm taking that over for that points, bro. And I'm taking, yeah, I'm taking the Bengals to win this game. Jacksonville Jaguars enter Lucas Oil Stadium to face the Indianapolis Colts. The line is Jacksonville by five, and the over-under is 46. This is one of those games I, I, it was hard for me to predict, you know, simply because of the fact, is Richardson the real deal? I did see a little bit of preseason, but I didn't see enough. You know what I'm saying? The, what, they didn't play him enough for me to go, okay, this guy's this tier, this guy's this tier. So it was really hard to judge, but... What we can say, the facts are that the team did name him a team captain. Now, as a rookie quarterback being named team captain on your first season, not only does it have a lot of weight, that is tough to do, you know? So that is a good, I guess, a good omen if you're following those type of things. I wouldn't start Richardson game one, but if you have to and you're up against the fence, why not, bro? There's there's history to be made. He's a rookie. There's the unknown factor. What we do know is that he is agile. He is pretty ath- he's pretty athletic and he's pretty accurate. He has weapons. He has Pittman, Pierce, and I believe Mo Ali Cox to throw to. 
He's going to be without Jonathan uh, Taylor. So that's going to be a kind of tricky thing in his in the playbook when Taylor comes back because I don't even think Taylor was training in training camp. So, but Deion Jackson has been there. So I think, you know, Deion has proven himself to be a good fantasy asset. I, there's, I really wouldn't start Deion unless you absolutely have to, but he is a good pickup if he's still on the waivers. So there's a lot of what ifs and it's hard to say, but what we do know on the other side, Jacksonville, we got Trevor Lawrence, stud. We got um, Calvin Realty. That's the biggest question. Do you believe it or not? Is he the real deal or not? Because he wasn't, he didn't not play football for a season because of injury. He not played football for a season because of gambling and he got suspended, but he was still training. <laughs> he had a full off season with the Jaguars and every thing out of camp has pointed and said, and everybody has been quoted saying that Ridley's the guy. So there's no reason for me to not believe that he isn't the guy. So yes, Ridley easy. Um, Zay Jones and Christian Kirk. That's a tough one up in the air. I think that one I would stay away from, but if you had to pick one, I think it would be Zay Jones. He is a much bigger athlete than Christian Kirk. So I just I just like that because on the big third downs, or if you're in the red zone, it's like third and six passing attempt. You know, usually a fucking big target is, you know, it's hard to miss. Uh, Evan, Evan Ingram, I'll be cool playing. You know, there's always upside with Evan Ingram. They believe in him. They signed him. Uh, Travis Etienne, I'm playing, but I'm playing with caution and I'm watching Tank Bigsby watching, excuse me, I'm watching to see how they use him. Um, the, the reports out of camp was that the coach, uh, who is it? I forget his name. Doug Peterson, I believe said that he is going to utilize Tank Bigsby more and more down the stretch of the season. So I could picture week one being Travis Etienne, you know, but if there's a couple Tank Bigsby big plays right there, and what a fucking name that is, honestly. Like, what a fucking name. Tank Bigsby. Uh, you might even see him, you know, a little bit more of him in week two. You know what I'm saying? So, we'll have to see about that. And the Jags defense is real. So, you know, I think that the Jags are going to take this one. I don't know about that over-under because maybe it's a... Um, Maybe there's a lot of turnovers this game. Who knows? Maybe there's a lot of turnovers, especially with Richardson. But we'll see how it goes next. We got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers entering U.S. Bank Stadium versus the Minnesota Vikings. The line is Minnesota by 5.5 points, and the over-under is 46. So similar to the last game, but this has a little bit more clarity. Thing on the Buccaneers side, the only people you really can feel comfortable playing is Mike Evans and Rashad White. Rashad White, only on the fact that he is a starting running back in the NFL and he will get the majority of the percentage of roles. Now, I didn't like where he went during drafts. You know, he was pretty high up in drafts for my liking. But if he's the he's pretty much the main guy, I do like the back backup in Sean Tucker. If you guys remember Sean Tucker from Syracuse, dude is bad as fuck. Only reason why Sean Tucker, went, I don't even think he was drafted, but he went late in drafts was because he had a heart condition in college. That's the only reason why I could think that he was dropped that low in drafts because dude is electrifying, electrifying, electro, well, I can't even speak right now. Dude is electrifying. He's fast. He's shifty and he's strong and he can catch the ball. 
personally, I think that Baker Mayfield is not a great quarterback, but he can get the ball to your receivers and to your running backs. There's going to be a lot of dump offs. The offensive line isn't as good as it used to be. The tight end room isn't as good as it used to be. So there could be a lot of dump offs. And with Minnesota having a high flying offense, you know, Jordan Addison, uh, Justin Jefferson, uh, KJ Osborne, TJ Hawkinson, Madison, you know, these players, it's a high flying offense and they may run up the score early, causing the Buccaneers to pass more. So that's why I feel comfortable starting all these players. If you have to, if you, if you have a pivot, you know, take it, take it the other way, but <coughs> let's be real. Uh, there's probably not another pivot. <laughs> so we're taking the Vikings right here and I probably will take the over in this game. All right, next, we got the San Francisco 49ers entering Accrisure Stadium to face the Pittsburgh Steelers. The line is San Francisco by 2.5, and the over-under is 41.5 points. This is a game where I, I was tough about calling, you know, up until Joey Bosa signed his <laughs> Up until Joey Bosa signed his contract. Joey Bosa is a hell of a player, and the Chiefs can look at this and be like, hey, Look what different look what a difference maker on the defensive line does. 49ers are a good defense, even without Bosa. But with Bosa, they're a top three defense. Now, a second year quarterback in Kenny Pickett, there's a lot of great news going for him. You know, the offense looks great, yada yada, blah blah blah. Week one versus the toughest of defenses with their newly rejuvenated superstar coming right after you, bro, and he know he will. I think it just might be just a little bit too much for Pittsburgh, so I'm going to be taking San Francisco, and you're starting probably everybody you drafted in this game. McCaffrey, obviously, Debo, Ayuk, Kittle was probably going to be out, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not sure, but if he's in, you're going to have to start him. Uh, if you drafted the Niners defense, you're probably going to have to start him. There's no one else to start. Uh, you're starting Najee, most likely, because there's probably no better pivot. You're starting Deontay in PPR. You're starting Pickens for a big play. You're starting Firemuth because you don't have a pivot. You know, so pretty good fantasy outlets, but that over-under is scary to me. So I'll be taking that over. I'll be taking it over, and I'll take San Francisco to win that game. Next, we have the Arizona, Arizona Cardinals entering FedEx field to face the Washington Commanders. The line is Washington by seven points, and the over-under is 38 points. Yeah, if you ever want to stay away from a certain game, this is probably the one. You know, uh, the Cardinals, they're in, excuse me, hold on. The Cardinals, they're in Tanksville, obviously. And I think the only person you can start on Arizona side is Connor. You know what I mean? If, uh, if you had to do a deep throw... I mean, maybe uh, uh, Hollywood Brown because jo Joshua Dobbs is the starter now and he's going to look for the best receiver and just toss it. So maybe in DFS, but wouldn't feel comfortable starting him and I barely feel comfortable uh, starting Connor. So yeah, I'm taking the commanders this game and it all depends on if uh, Sam Howe is the real deal. But even if Sam Howe isn't the real deal, you know, we got Jacoby Brissett right there and it's a known commodity right there. He can answer new lineups. I mean, new uh, teams, new playbooks and all that. And uh, he could do the basics against this uh, Arizona Cardinals defense. So yeah, the line, yeah, seven and the over-under is 38. 
<coughs> I'm gonna have to take the under. I don't. I don't think this is a fun game at all. And I only. And I only would start um, Dotson. McLaurin has been dealing with an injury issue, and as far as fantasy, I don't like all that. So uh, next we have the Houston Texans entering M&T Bake Stadium to face on the. Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore is a 9.5 favorite, and the over-under is 43.5. Rookie quarterback situation with C.J. Stroud. Uh, rookie receiver Tank Dow, who I'm really looking at. Uh, Nico Collins. I'm not really looking forward to starting these players, but if you had to, I think the known commodity <clears throat> and Nico Collins being the one wide receiver right there, I think that could give you some type of comfortability to start him. But if I'm starting the Texan, at receiver, it's probably going to be Tank Dell just because he's the speedster, he's the young rookie, and you have another rookie throwing to him. So there's that unknown aspect to the game that, you know, you could probably, you know, who knows? If they hit, then you you might win that week. So that's the only thing. Uh, Damian Pierce, you're probably going to have to start him. And you might, I think Damian Pierce is going to be a solid running back all season. I'm talking about for fantasy, you know. In real life, he's, he's a great fucking running back already. Let's not get that twisted. But... On the Ravens side, I think you can you can feel comfortable starting pretty much everybody. OBJ is out right now. Uh, Mark Andrews is probably going to play. So I think you can feel comfortable starting him. Uh, Jackson, of course. J.K. Dobbins, you're probably starting. Uh, Bateman, you might want to throw him in because OBJ is out. And, and, you know, Andrews might play, but he'll probably be on a snap count. But I'm still going to take a snap counted Andrews over the rest on the waiver line. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what the fuck I mean. And then we got our boy Zay Flowers. I think I think Zay Flowers is a start today. And the way things are shaping up for him and all the talks coming out of training camp, I think he, he may be an auto start soon. You know, depending on uh, Lamar's health, you know, if he stays healthy all season, Zay Flowers can be an auto start all season. But we do need to see it against a weaker Texans defense before anything. Because if you can't do it against the Texans defense, who are you going to do it against? Uh, so I'm taking the Ravens in this game and at the 43.5, I'm going to be taking the over. I think if they get going fast, I don't think they're going to just let off the gas, bro. I think they're just going to keep running the ball, keep scoring, get their offense in rhythm. And I think that's what Baltimore will do. So I'm going to take the over on that game. Next, we have the Green Bay Packers entering Soldier Field to face the Chicago Bears. Chicago is the favorite by one point, and the over-under is 42 points. So we just got news this morning that Christian Watson is out for the Packers, which is a big loss. I chose the Packers this game in my pool, so that one could bite me in the ass right there. But here's what we do know, and as you know from the last episode, I believe in Jordan Love. I think Jordan Love is a quarterback that can get you into scoring position. That's all I really want like from quarterback because when you're in the red zone, shit, bro, that's, the diff- that's a different game. It's all about grit and athleticism, grit, power, and athleticism. There's no really, not really too much you can game plan. I mean, unless all this, unless you're the fuck playing against the Chiefs, then you're going to have to play game plan against everything. But with the known commodities and Aaron Jones, who has been with that offense, A.J. Dillon, who was a solid-ass running back, and then, you know, now you got to depend on Romeo Dobbs. Which, which I don't even think he is healthy to play right now. But I think that the Packers, they make it a run and gritty game, keeping the Bears offense off the field. The Bears defense doesn't scare me enough to go to sway away from Jordan Love this week, even without Christian Watson. 
With Christian Watson, I'd be very comfortable taking the Packers. So on my pool, I picked the Packers, but I'm going to have to go with the Bears on this one. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with the Bears on this one because, you know, they, uh, they've they only upgraded their offense, you know. Uh, yes, we saw David Montgomery last night, and he still looked like a beast. But the person who was right behind David Montgomery and could have been uh, a starting running back, even with David Montgomery there, uh, Khalil Herbert has been very nice, and he's been going late. He went late in drafts. So I would feel comfortable starting Khalil Herbert, but here's the major but. If, in fact, Justin Fields did take a leap forward this offseason, then it will be a good game for the Bears because tempo and uh, controlling of the clock and making the plays, making the right decisions, that's going to be the name of the game. But if he hasn't, this Green Bay Packers defense is solid. They're not top Five, I would say, but they are a solid defense and they've been playing against Justin Field for a minute. They've been in this division for a minute. So I think Justin Fields did take that leap ahead, but there's still that if he didn't. But what helps him out on the other side is he has DJ Moore now. He acquired DJ Moore, who is a big time playmaker, and he still has his playmaker in Darnell Mooney on the other side. So that would be tough for the Packers defense to, to defend. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to take the uh, Chicago Bears, and I will be taking the... I will take the over in that game. All right, next, we got Raiders versus Broncos in Empower Field at Mile High. This is going to be an easy game for me to call right now. Denver versus Denver minus 3.5 is the favorite, and the over-under is 43. I'm going to be taking Denver this game. Only ones I'm really playing on fantasy is Josh Jacobs on that side. I think you have to play Devontae Adams, especially even if you have him in a dynasty. I think you have to and I think you should be okay. But I think Denver figures it out and they can get it done. But it will be a not as exciting game as I think it will, as people think. So I'm going to be taking that under right there, bro. On Philadelphia, next we got Philadelphia versus uh, the Patriots and Gillette Stadium. The line is Philly by four. The over-under is 44.5. This is going to be a, I think this is going to be a blowout game, even though a lot of people are like, no, give Belichick the chance. I don't think so. I think the Eagles are just going to continue right where they left off from the Super Bowl and just put their fucking foot on the gas. You're pretty much playing everybody on the Eagles side. You're taking a shot at their running back. Uh, who is it? Is it uh, Swift? Is it Penny? Is it Gainwell? Take your shot. I think it's just take your shot season right now, and let's see if it if it happens. Um, Hurts is always in. That defense is in play for me. So, you know, they only got better on the defensive line. And on the Patriots side, I think the only player you could play is Ramondre Stevenson. But there was news that he was not at practice this morning, so please keep an eye on that. But that don't make no difference to me. I'm taking the Eagles. I'm taking the over. And, Yeah. Next, we have the Miami Dolphins entering SoFi Stadium to face the Los Angeles Chargers. This should be a good one right here. The line is the Chargers by three points. Over-under is 51 points. Let's fucking go, baby. That's going to be a really good one right there. Uh, pretty much playing everybody. Eckler, Herbert, Keenan. You could throw in Mike Williams. Uh, on the other side, you're playing Tua. You're playing Mostert. You're playing Hill. You're playing Waddle. Names to look out for is Quinston Johnson on the Chargers wide receiver room. 
He's the rookie. He's the one that drafted pretty early, and he's bad as fuck, big playmaker. On the Dolphins side, the one you're watching for is Devon A-Chain. You know, the speedster that they got in the draft, and if anything should happen to Mostert, Devon A-Chain should be the guy, bro, and he should be electrifying, especially even on that offense. This was the hardest one to call, but I think I went with the Chargers simply because they're at home. You know, it's a toss-up, but simply because they're at home, I'll be taking the Chargers and... I think they do have a little bit of a better defense, but when you got Tyreek Hill on the other side, it doesn't really matter. But yeah, 51 points, I'll, I'll take that over. I'll take that over. I think this is a high-flying game. It sounds it sounds like it. New coach, uh, Kellen Moore for the Chargers. All right, now we got the Rams going to Lumen Field to take on the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle is the favorite by five points. Over-under is 46.5. On the Rams side, Cooper Cup is out. So I would be comfortable starting Van Jefferson. With a cap, unless he, you know, there's touchdown. Of course, there's always touchdown upside, but the cap is there. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, I would not, I would not expect a huge game from Van Jefferson, who I would expect a huge game from, knowing Sean McVay, knowing uh, Matthew Stafford, knowing that they like to get this offense in rhythm. I would say Tyler Higby is a top five tight end ending up this week, bro. I don't think he's a smash play. I think he's a great play in DFS because. All he does is catch the ball. He's like a a discount uh, Travis Kelsey, except with less touchdown upside. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'll be starting him. Cam Akers, I'm comfortable starting. So we're going to see how that goes. On the other side, Seattle, you're, it's kind of, you know, you're kind of scared to start Kenneth Walker, but I think you, you got to go Kenneth Walker. I think you got to go with the known commodity. Same thing like other other uh, teams like uh, Detroit last night, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, when you got the running backs and you got a pretty solid backup, I think week one, they're going to rely more on the known commodity and then ease in the rookie running back after that. So I would feel well comfortable starting uh, Walker, but he is questionable today. I did not see why. But if you have Zach Charbonnet, bro, hold on to him. And that is what... Everybody saw Jameer Kibbs last night, bro. And okay, yeah, he's probably going to be the real deal later on in the career. We're going to see how Zach Charbonnet really is this game early too because if Seattle gets up early and has Seattle winning, they may just throw Charbonnet in late later. So he may get those late, uh, I guess, running, running points for you, however points, but they drafted him as a catch passer, so... We'll see. And also, DJ Dallas is above him in the uh, depth chart, which I think it might be just a it might be just a ploy from, from Pete Carroll because you know how he is. You know how he is. But I'm taking Seattle. Next, we have the Dallas Cowboys entering MetLife Stadium to take on the New York Giants. The Dallas Cowboys are favored by 3.5. The over-under is 45 points. I think this is an exciting game. This is going to be a good game. A lot of people are sleeping on the Giants. You know, the Giants have a Good, solid coaching staff now. And I've been saying I like Daniel Jones in fucking fantasy, but I think he's a good late round quarterback to get. You know, if Watson is the last quarterback you're looking for and it's between Jones and Rodgers, man, I I, I'm, I I have a tough time going Rodgers because Daniel Jones does have running ability. He's younger than Rodgers and he just dropped. They just picked up Darren Waller and he loves targeting the tight ends, bro. They don't have a starting, I mean, a wide receiver one in that room, a dominant wide receiver one in that wide receiver room. But look at uh, the rookie, Jalen Hyatt, see how he's being used, see if he um, 
is, uh, you know, in certain packages that, you know, make it comfortable for him to make a go make, go make a play. But I'm probably not starting him. So I'm only starting uh, Barkley, only starting Waller. And I will be starting Daniel Jones in some leagues. On the other side, of course, you have to go Dak. Pollard, you drafted him way too high to not start him. But you're looking very closely on how to use, utilize him. Pollard has never been a true big three down back. And they don't really have a power back until I believe their third string running back because Deuce Vaughn, if you if you pay attention to Deuce Vaughn, he is about, I don't know, like maybe like five, six, my height, and he looks all of it. <laughs> but he's fast as fuck, and he's going to be using the passing game. So look for look for the split right there, bro. That, that can be an early split. Not sure how they're really going to use the run game. So that's, that's kind of weird. But... CeeDee Lamb, you're starting. I'm comfortable starting Brandon Cooks. I'm comfortable starting Michael Gallup, especially in DFS. And then Ferguson is one of those uh, late-round tight ends that you could probably pick up right now. If Kelsey is out, you probably can pick him up and start him because uh, he's going to get the targets. He's going to get all of Dalton Schultz's targets, and he's a little bit more athletic. So I'll be going Dallas this game. And I, 45, that's tough. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the under. I'll take the under. I think these defenses are good, bro. I'll take the under in that game. And finally, Monday night, September 11th, in MetLife Stadium again, we have the... Here, let's... Let's let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. We have the Buffalo Bills taking on the New York Jets. Finally, everybody wants to see these New York Jets in action. And here we are, week one, Monday night, the prime time of all football, I guess you would say, besides the Super Bowl. Here we go. Buffalo is a favorite by 2.5. The over-under is 45.5. So that sounds delicious. It sounds delicious to take the over. But these defenses are good. And I don't know if, on the Buffalo Bills side, if Von Miller is playing. If Von Miller is playing, I have no problem taking the Bills this game. Because, you know, new team, new chemistry, week one versus uh, same team, great chemistry powerhouse and starting it off again strong hungry against the bills i think it's just it just makes a little bit too much of a difference but the fact that the jets are home and i don't think von miller is playing you might want to look the jet side bro and if rogers is exactly who we think he is he should have a great game he should have a a decent game garrett wilson is a monster so you are starting him in fantasy but if he gets bottled up, it's going to be tough to look towards a number two in fantasy I'm talking about. But in real life, I mean, Alan Lazard, I don't know. Wait, Alan Lazard might be injured. So I don't know who they have. I, I got to check that. That's why I got to have a fax person. But I don't know if that passing game can keep up with that defense. The defense in is, is fast. But what I think what they're going to be relying on is the running backs. Now let's get, let's get, now let's get to the really gritty dog. Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall. Who should you start? Should you stay away? I think, personally, if you don't have anyone else and you have Dalvin, I think you start Dalvin Cook. The known commodity. Yes, he hasn't been with the offense long, but neither has Brees Hall. You know what I mean? He's only had a, a couple, half a year on the belt. You know what I mean? And he's recovering from an injury. That might be tough. They paid Dalvin $7 million, I believe. To play and they're not gonna sit Dalvin. So I would feel comfortable playing Dalvin and in a long shot. You have to play Brees Hall, go ahead. But I, I'm probably staying away. 
just for this week, just to see how things play out. <coughs> no defenses are in play for me. I think this is just a uh, this is a trap. You know, the Jets' defense are badass, but let's not forget the Buffalo Bills' offense is a solid fucking squad, too. Um, last year, the Bills always had trouble against the Jets, but I think simply because the coaching staff for the Buffalo Bills were overlooking the Jets. I think they overlooked them, overestimated them, and now they see what they're really about. They had a whole offseason to plan, and here we are, week one. Josh Allen, you're starting him. Stephon Diggs, you're starting him. I think if you have Gabe Davis, you could throw him in. Let's say you lost. I mean, let's say you you played, you played like a Kadarius Tony. Let's say you played uh, maybe a Reynolds or something last night, you know, and you need big plays, and you're going into Monday night, and you need about, you need about thirty points. Just throw, just throw fucking Gabe Davis in there, bro. Why not? Like, you know, he's a big play waiting to happen, and he has, he has done it in the past. This could be a big stage for him, but. You know, I would I would throw Gabe Davis in that running back room. It's tough right now, but I, if I had to play anybody, it would be James Cook. And if I had to play James Cook, it'd be because of the passing. And I do think this is a passing game. I think it's a high scoring game, and I'm gonna take the over. But I will be going with the Buffalo Bills still in the end, bro. In the end, I think Buffalo takes this, proving that they still are them people. But it will be a big experience for the Jets, and it'll probably be one of the best games of the season. That's that's just my opinion. So. But all right, I think that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Let me know what game are you most exciting for? What game was the fucking most like difficult to prepare for? I think the one that's very difficult for me, I, I, I think it's the Niners and Steelers. That's that that is tough because Tomlin, game one in Acker Stadium. God damn, with that defense, it'll just be a gritty game, bro. I think oh, it's, it's, gonna, it, it's gonna be probably the best game of the week. <laughs> maybe maybe but we'll see but all right ladies and gentlemen let me know what you guys think and uh yeah week one nfl football let's go let's do it peace out all right so this is a no education podcast